Hey guys, and welcome to episode 32 of the Revive Yourself podcast. Here we go. Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Have you got a health issue that just won't go away no matter what you try? Then welcome to the Revive Yourself podcast, where we reveal the secrets to long-lasting health by getting to the root cause of problems that no one else is talking about. So you can have more energy, clear skin, healthier hair, a leaner physique, more confidence, and most importantly, do the things you love and live the life you deserve. Here's your host, Ryan Martin. So guys, welcome to episode 32. Hope you're all well. Um, as always, getting some great feedback on the episode, so keep them coming and heading over to iTunes to uh, give us a nice review, a nice five-star review. Um, a lot of exciting things coming, guys. Still working on some good supplement bundles that will be going up on my website for you, so you can get, we're going to be doing different ones actually for skin, uh, antiviral ones, for your, ones for your liver, ones for gut health, ones for energy, and a few others actually. So be on the lookout for that. Also, anyone looking for the free four-day um, mini course, Gut Revival mini course, then head on over to www.reviveyourself.co and you can sign up for it there. Uh, and as always, any questions, give me a shout at Ryan at Revive yourself.co um but otherwise guys been getting some great feedback about the episodes um especially with ian as well talking about injury injury prevention it's been really beneficial to lots of people um and i've got a big uh, big one coming up next week with rick simpson all about cannabis oil uh, anyone who knows um or much about the natural health world know about cannabis oil and rick simpson Sim- rick simpson if i can speak the major influence that he's played in that um and that's going to be a great interview for you next week um as always guys i said heading over to to revive underscore yourself on instagram and find us at revive natural health on facebook but otherwise um lots going on as always um and just try and get you some really good interviews um i've got quite a few good ones actually coming up i've been been working hard to get you some fantastic interviews out there we've um, got one with uh, Anne um marginalis who's all talking all about home birth um because nowadays birthing has become such a traumatic experience. I mean, women are actually scared of going through the pain where it never used to be that. It used to be quite a. I mean, it's never going to not hurt a bit, obviously, because of what women go through in childbirth. But it was never such a traumatic experience that it is now with medical. So it's great to get her on. And then I've got Dr. Tita lined up talking about. Um, four different ways that you can manage your weight it's me great so anyway guys today's episode is with dean madden he is a guy who who has his own facility in loughborough called functional fitness the functional fitness center um i've met dean about 18 months ago uh, and ever since we, we we got on really well he's, he's someone who i know cares immensely for his clients and, and people's results in the fitness industry but dean's story is what i wanted to get you get on here because he went through his own really um Went through well, his own journey into into the health and fitness world, and becoming he's now a powerlifter and he's trying to become work get on the world's strongest man. Um, but he went through a really bad injury when he was young. I know lots of people go through injuries, whether playing sport or whether it be a car crash or an accident or falling down the stairs or whatever it may be. Um, yeah, it could, it could anything, anything really. Um, it can put there. They can, they can require surgery or whatever um, and it can it can be really debilitating uh, and doctors can tell you that you're never going to play a sport again you're never going to squat again etc and this is something that Dean went through so we want to get him on just to, just so 
you can listen that statistics mean nothing to the individual and no matter what you're told at the end of the day it's down to you and if you believe that you can get back because uh, as I said before Dean was told that he'd never be able to do what he loves anymore um, and that was it at a very young age so I wanted to get him on just so he could explain this to you and then we also go into all about women uh, lifting weights and the myth around them getting bulky um, and a few other things so it's a great show so without further ado here he is Dean Madden I'll see you on the other side, guys, and enjoy. Hey, guys, and welcome to episode 32 of the Revive Yourself podcast. Today, we have Dean Madden from the owner, well, he's the owner, actually, of the Functional Fitness Centre in Loughborough. So, how are you getting on today, Dean? What's going on, man? Awesome, mate. <laughs> Brilliant. I was just talking to Dean off, 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 uh, off air, actually, and just saying... I thought he was uh, from Manchester because of his accent. I'm only joking, mate. Uh, but he's actually based in Loughborough. Um, and what's the just just people out there quickly, Dean? What what is the um, the website for for your gym? We are currently just going through uh, a revamp of the website, but it's funkfit.co.uk. Functionalfit.co.uk. Yeah, because I was having a look at that earlier, and I just I thought I saw that. But you can find Dean uh, on Facebook. I think he's, he's got a Facebook page out there. So um, I've I've known Dean about eighteen months now. He was part of um, as, as a few of the guys are part of a mastermind, and uh, we got talking. And he was a really likable character. And, and Dean has actually been well. I tell you what, Dean. Tell what we do. Just tell us a little bit about your journey into the fitness world. But right now, Dean is a competitor in strongman, but we'll get onto that later. So, Dean, just tell us a little bit about your your uh, how you got into what you do. Yeah, man. Um, so, I suppose going from school, uh, I did the obvious, like want to get big, eat load of chicken, <laughs> you know, just lift a load of weights. Um, but I got to a point where really, I suppose, I was unfunctional, if you like, um, where it was just literally about lifting and being being big, but I realized that my fitness went downhill. Um, I then joined the army and did, um, like, obviously a f- total flip, and I lost a lot of weight. I was, you know, then got super fit. Um, and then I suppose, really, I just, after that, combined both of my, like, experiences. Um, and that's where, you know, it took me into sort of, like, appreciating the difference between going from one extreme to the other, if you like. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, yeah, and then and then really I sort of, I sort of like got into a Olympic lifting. I've literally done everything to be honest. I got into Olympic lifting. Um, I competed in a few local competitions, um, and then I went into CrossFit. Again, competed in a few local stuff, and then slowly went into powerlifting and now strongman. No. So I think um, you could say I've done the full spectrum. So you've been around. You've done. You've tried to hand everything. Yeah, just ballerina I've not done yet, so. <laughs> I'd love to see that, actually. If you, if you guys, uh, obviously I'll put a picture up on the, on the bio and stuff, but Dean's, um, in the Mastermind group, there was, there was, I think there was, well, a lot of the guys have been pretty good, Nick, but uh, Dean and another guy called Josh stand out. Uh, if, if any of you guys have ever seen the Hulk, that's what Dean looks like. So he's a guy, if you actually want to get big and strong, you can listen to this guy. He knows what he's talking about. But just quickly, you mentioned there, um, you were a part of the, you were in the army. What what age were you in the army? Um, I had a very short stint in the army. Um, I was I went in at like 20. Um, but yeah, I, I basically went through, through the army, basic training and everything, and then I broke my hip. Um, so... But yeah, coming out of the army, breaking my hip was was sort of like the the start of me 
understanding more about the body. Um, I got told that I wouldn't be able to do much, and now I can, you know, well, I got told I wouldn't be able to squat with weights, and now I can squat quite a lot of weight. So, um, you know, for me, it's a little bit of quite a, an achievement to, you know, sort of be uh, in a position now where I'm sort of, you know, higher up the chain, if you like, in, in the squatting world. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. So, did you did you did you come out of the army then break your hip, or did you break your hip whilst you were in the army? No, so yeah, so I had a fra- uh, fra- uh, it's a fracture of my sacrum. Right. Uh, it's actually known as a female break of the hip, right. <laughs> <laughs> which is part of the character building. But yeah, no, so, yeah, so I, it was a fracture of my of, of my like the ischium, which is in within within the hip. Right. Um, and yeah, so. The, the rehab really was from that was all about just getting functional and that's sort of like what took my journey within the functional side of things and started learning more about that right. um like i say literally my my doctor at the time said i wouldn't be able to really lift weights and that's you know after being sort of like medically discharged from the army the next thing of hearing that you can't really train was like you know kicking the balls if you like but mm-hmm. yeah it was my next my next journey then was really just to get get strong yeah, um, I think it's the big, the best thing you can do is lift weights to get strong. You know, as long as you do it in a gradual sort of momentum. Mm-hmm. No, hundred uh, percent. This is a story we hear quite often, uh, especially in the, the health and the fitness world. Doctors, medical um, staff, telling people once they've had an injury that they won't be able to do this or that, or the other um, squat, won't be able to to play sport, etc. And um, unless you're a person who just generally doesn't believe it, and someone who really wants to play again, it's very easy for people to believe that and just go, okay, I won't be able to do it anymore, and just not do it. Whereas I've heard countless um, times of story, stories of people being told that, and they go away, they do the work, and not only do they perform again, but they perform to a higher standard because they've actually been in the gym working on their weaknesses working on their strengths getting stronger i mean the thing is with it you don't just when, when you're when you're lifting weights it doesn't just increase the strength of your muscles you're actually giving your bone i mean you increase bone density right you, your bone strength increases so the likelihood of you getting another break in, in, decreases um and so i bet did you ever go back and then talk to the doctor or see that doctor again and say well look at me now yeah, to be honest, it was quite um, uh, you know proud moment, I suppose, if you like, of looking back. But it, I contacted my old um, officer um, and spoke, you know, and spoke to like through them and said what I was actually then doing afterwards. Um, just because he he cared and he asked me about you know let me know about your recovery and everything. Um, but yeah, so now I mean, obviously, I think going back to what you just said, then though, it's it is it's quite a shame to be um, I suppose to take what the doctors say as as in stone, do you know what I mean? Because if a lot of people that sort of listen to doctors, and yeah, we all respect doctors, of course, but if you were to only believe what they say sometimes, it's such a thing that's holding people back. Mm-hmm. Um, but luckily, I had the, quite a um, yeah forward mentality of I'm not going to let that hold me back. Oh, awesome. And so, I mean, imagine in the army, as you said, you were, I mean, the people in the army, they're like land snakes, right? They've got to be strong, but they've, more than anything, they've got to be able to get around and keep going. And they travel massive distances with heavy heavy things on their back. Um, and so you said you lost a lot of weight. I can imagine that. So coming out, you, you got into... Uh, into uh, obviously you wanted to lift and, and get, get stronger in your... In your um, with a hip, etc., I mean, mm. what I mean, I suppose when you were doing all that in the army, having been having been uh, lifting weights beforehand, you, you I suppose you probably 
you developed did you develop some bad patterns because you because of the way you were moving carrying lots of heavy heavy material long distances did you get would you would you have bad posture or was you actually okay um yeah no i suppose a bit of both really it's it's like with you know i was there's a lot of people in the army i suppose that are just fit you know and, and as you know through the industry and stuff you can get people that are fit but actually they're not um, like uh, gonna last long if you like mm-hmm. if, if you know what I'm saying. You know, people, yeah. yeah, they're not they're not gonna move. They don't move very well. For example, I mean, I've always I've always been quite um, aware of movement patterns and stuff. And to be honest, like I say, once I went then went through rehab, and I enjoy I quite enjoyed looking into more about how the body should move um, and what the body is capable of doing. And that's where really it took my direction towards um, Olympic lifting. <laughs> So Olympic lifting, I don't know if you've done it yourself or you know you know much about it, but it's like with Olympic lifting, it's quite a technical, well, it's a very technical yeah. sport, um, and I and I really enjoy actually the understanding of how to get a bar to move with such heavy weight mm-hmm. um, through momentum. Yeah. So that sort of took me down that route, if I'm totally honest, because it was something that you know that I could put time into and and something I suppose that you can't. Uh, jump straight into big weights with as well you know typically people that are looking at powerlifting side of things you can everybody can lift a decent weight to start with whereas in olympic lifting you ha- you really have to start from scratch mm-hmm. um so i sort of like i found that as a, a good challenge for myself and sort of like slowed things down learned the movement patterns um and built from there really yeah, I mean, you definitely have to. Yeah, I did Olympic lifting when we was in there doing rugby, and it's still still do some like power stuff, and it is very technical. You've got to be able to manipulate the weight. You got you, it's amazing because you see these guys when you go in the Olympics, and some of them are only eighty kgs, but they're power cleaning out two hundred plus. Um, and it shows it's not just about the strength; it's also hugely about their technique. And like, they're very they they are very. Um, when it comes to movement patterns, their their squat depth is phenomenal. I mean, their joint joint movement is phenomenal. So, it it does help. You need to be um, have all the movements in your hips and uh, and groin etc. to get down and do a lot of these movements. Um, but no, that's I can understand where you're coming from. So, what after powerlifting, you said you moved into into CrossFit. Um, and how did you get on with that? Yeah, so that was basically from the Olympic lifting side of things. I went in, then into into CrossFit. Just because, of, you know what, the intensity of it is, I just love it. I, I just think the fact that you're uh, against the clock half the time and against somebody else, you know, the intensity of being able to do something, um, you know, look like the long workouts that CrossFit have and stuff like that, I just think it's such a buzz. Um, and, you know, obviously with like, a community of people around, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm totally honest, I've totally, you know, I've pulled away from CrossFit nowadays, I wouldn't I really wouldn't entertain it, and it's only because of the fact that it's so against uh, what I'm now trying to do, and you know about being strong. Right. Um, it's it, it's quite a, an endurance sport, which you know, as you know, if I was to do too much endurance, I wouldn't be able to be as strong as I am now. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's sort of like getting that balance, but it, that that was the shift, really, sort of like learning through the you know through the patterns. So who? So what? For what then? Pushed you into to strongman. So, so I mean, there's a few questions I've got here. But who is like your influences to push you into to trying to be the strongest you've ever been? What 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 then happened for you to take that path? Um, I think you know it was a bit of. Um, I think I, I think I turned lazy. <laughs> really? 
Uh, yeah, I got to a point where where I, I enjoyed lifting uh, heavy weights. I, you know, really started to learn more about like programming, and then understood that actually being strong is 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 easier. It's easier to be strong. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like obviously it all goes down to the individual, the person, and the 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 build up of you know their muscle and their skeletal everything. But I really found it quite easy to then get strong, mm-hmm. and that's where I then just found a love for it. Um, I started just doing your typical squat bench deadlift, powerlifting style. Yep. Uh, I met a few guys that um, that are in in the powerlifting world, and they really inspired me. Um, really, just to like you know get as strong as I could, and and knowing like knowing the rules in powerlifting, uh, you know like the, the, the typical like you can't um, call a squat a squat if you don't break parallel. You know, mm-hmm. it's things like that really sort of like motivated me because it's. I think in the world of strength, you you know you know you can be strong, but is it is it strong? Is it legally strong? If you know what I'm saying. Mm. So like in powerlifting, there's certain legal requirements that that can you can confirm a lift. Mm. Um, and I think yeah, I just think I got really attached to that side of it of thinking that you know to be able to do a squat and to legally do a squat, how much can you lift? And then I've just seen it as a challenge. I then did loads of different programs and, and different, uh, like, have you heard of, like, Small Off, the Small Off program? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I did, you know, I did a load of different um, programs. A lot of them are Eastern European. For just just to explain to people what, what the Small Off program is, because, I mean, it's, when it comes to powerlifting and strength, etc., there's people out there like Jim Wendler, and then broad, um what's the barbell one? Um, trying to think, think of their name. I can't, can't remember off the top of my head. What's it called? Not broadside barbell, there's something else. Um, Westside West barbell, that's it. Westside West barbell, Jim Wendler. So just for people out there, just tell them what the uh, the program you mentioned there is all about. So the the actual smaller program is 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 their theory is basically overtraining is not such a thing. So you know, I mean, obviously, sort of going from especially from the time we're we're talking about there from when I went in from CrossFit to the powerlifting. If I was doing the same intensity lifting the same amount of weight, technically I'm overtraining. Whereas, you know, the small of just flipped that on its head and I think it I now love that theory and love the thought of it. Whereas, say for example, if you were to squat just for round figures, five fives, three times a week, mm-hmm. after say six weeks, it's gonna be easy. So you then have to go heavier. And it, you know, it's like anything in life, isn't it? You condition yourself, you condition yourself, it gets easier. Yeah, it so it's I think it's such a I think it's such a, um, a blunt mentality, but it actually is true and it works, mm-hmm. you know. So I started squatting like three, four times a week, and, and that's literally when I my, just, my, my weight shot up. It became easier. It became so much more natural. Um, it's like anything, you know. You can, you can get good at something by doing more and more of it, right? So it, it, was, it was as simple as that. And you're training. So this is the thing with powerlifters. I had Derek Woodski on uh, on here a few uh, few weeks back. Uh, great interview, and he's talking about it as well. And um, he's saying like that's the difference when when he used to have the programs like that. When he says that's how simple it can be, just lift heavy, lift often, and people understand that when you're doing that, for example, like you are you're lifting probably in in the the re- your rep range is it probably one to six, or do you go higher than that? Yeah, no, no. Typically, it depends on where I am on competition. I mean, this is this is the thing as well. Like, I've 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 tested so many different things out. Yeah, I still do my own programming. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so I, I, I literally like work depending on, you know, I mean, I've got a competition now in five weeks time. Um, I'm, I'm now just starting to bring my reps down to sort of like the fours. Um, but I'll still keep the volume up by doing five sets of it. Right. But that's, once again, for people out there, that's, that's, that's training the central nervous system, right? So it's not training the, the muscular muscles themselves. I mean, obviously the muscles are part of it, but he's training his CNS there, his central nervous system, to be strong. So the more you can do that, the the more the more the body's used to having that weight on your, on your, on your back as well, you're squatting with it, the, the, the more it adapts, the easier it becomes. And the stronger you're getting. So when you're actually tra- training to get lift heavy, you're not actually training the muscles uh, per se all the time. You're training the central nervous system. Is that correct? Uh, no, for sure, man. You're training the body to get ready for it. You, it's like it's like something I used to do a while back when I had, um, it's a long while ago now, but when I had 200 as a squat in my head, I used to, I, I remember I used to set the bar up um, for 200, sometimes a little bit more, pick it off the rack and just bounce with it on the top of my shoulders. Yeah. <laughs> like, and again, it's just feeling what that weight feels like. Um, I did that. I, th- I think I did that for like I don't know a month, and then I thought, you know what, I'm going to go for it. <laughs> and it was it was quite it was quite a big jump. I even remember the day now when I first did the 200. Um, and yeah, it's just yeah, like you say, it's getting the central nervous system ready, getting your body ready, getting your joints ready, um, and that's where the food comes into it. Huge, you know. Yeah. So just quickly, because we talked, we we I remember one of the conversations we had, and it was uh, we were in Croatia, and it was uh, it was on a Friday afterwards. We'd done two hard days of work, and we just had, we were chilling on the Friday Friday um, afternoon. I think we might have even been on on the boat. We were just having a chat, and you were talking about before because most powerlifters now. I mean, we talk a lot of health uh, on on my show, and we talk about a lot of different things. But it's good to get other people in, in different realms on uh, just to talk about different things. So because there's a lot of different. We talk about the fitness world because generally people are into health and they they love their food and we're talking we go deep into different aspects of it but when it comes to the fitness side of things people go in the gym they see people doing different things um and there's so many different different ways to train nowadays when people see power lifters um they generally see big guys very big guys but most of them are pretty fat you know they carry quite a lot of excess weight um and they a lot of guys would be like yeah he's strong but i don't really want to look like that and that's something you remember you saying to me you you said this is the thing you want to prove the, these guys that they don't have to be big and fat but you can be big and strong and and pretty lean and still win a powerlifting competition is this something you still you're still going for yeah yeah massively man i mean um i don't, I don't know how much you keep up with the strongman stuff nowadays but all the all the strongmen now are looking at being as lean as possible. Um, I mean, it's something that always sticks in my mind. Years ago, I did a local competition. I think it possibly was my first one that I did. Um, first proper competition anyway. Um, and I remember the guy that was spotting, he was probably t- touching nearly 30 stone, I think. Cool, he was a big, big, yeah, big, big guy. Um, and he was a typical strongman powerlifting old school style, which was big belly, big everything, you know. And, and, and really, they think it's about body to weight ratio. If they're bigger, they can push more, which to an extent, yes, is true. Um, but I said to him, like, because it, it was funny, because in, in the break, he said, uh, I was eating chicken and rice, and he was, he was actually like, bearing in mind, he was one of the people, he was one of the uh, guys, you know, refing and everything. But he says, like, why, why are you eating that? I was like, what do you mean? He says, what, like, why are you eating so clean? Like, are you on a diet or something? I was like, no, I'm just eating food. Like, I don't, like, is it a joke or what? Mm-hmm. And he was like, 
look around and everyone was eating like McDonald's, and, you know, in between sets and stuff, people had gone McDonald's and stuff. And I, for, to me, it was like bizarre. I was like, why would you do that? If you can eat clean food that's going to digest quicker, why would you then go and eat a load of crap? Right. Um, and just, it's the mentality, isn't it? Of like, then they think it's like food is food, but actually it's proven, it's proven, it's not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all food's not not created equally. I always talk about this, like 500 calories from Haribo isn't the same as 500 calories from a sweet potato, right? Your your body's going to metabolise, assimilate, um, digest, and eliminate that food completely differently. You're going to be able to use and utilise those nutrients better. So if mm. you're sitting there and you're eating good food um, and you're giving your body everything it needs and it's talking to your central nervous system through that food, your, your gut's talking to that food, uh, and you're trying to get big and strong, well, the better you eat, the, the better your body's going to perform, correct? Yeah, for sure, man. And, and obviously, you'll be able to elaborate on it more than me, but like, your body is obviously is going to be able to absorb as much as is clean, isn't it, at the end of the day? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and by the time you've it's gone through all that breaking down, it's, it's obviously then at a point where it's diluted so much, the nutrients are worth nothing. Yeah, I mean, this is the thing that... I mean, you see it in the Olympics. It baffles me all the time. You've got the best Olympic well, athletes in the world in the Olympics, and and it's sponsored by McDonald's and Coke. And you see, <laughs> and you're just like, imagine like it's obviously it's obviously big money, big deals in it. But it's just amazing, and they're all sitting there eating in the crap. And a lot of them are so genetically gifted, they can get away with murder, but they keep on doing it. And all of a sudden, mm. they have to come and see someone like myself because they got a chronic issue. And and that's where you are. I mean, I get what you're saying. You see these powerlifters and. It's like, are you on a diet? It's like, well, no. I just try and give my body the best fuel so I can perform the best, especially if you're in a competition. I mean, for me, the last time I had a McDonald's was in 2007, uh, Paris World Cup final, England versus Africa. I was in Paris, nothing else was open. I had one. I never had one since. It made me feel physically ill, um, worse than a hangover. And so people were eating this, then going on to push, push big weights, lift big weights. I mean, to me, I'd feel... Vile. I don't know about you. Um, mm. I'd, I'd be want to eat something that, that easily digested and made me feel good. Um, it's uh, so. So the guys there were, were looking at you like you were crazy for eating chicken and yeah. rice. Yeah, but to be honest, man, it was quite a good day for me because I I smashed everything there that day and then won anyway. Um, there was a guy. I don't know if you know that powerlifting side of things, but it's body weight to weight ratio. So. Yep. Um, you know, it works off a, a formula. So you, have, so you have different, yeah, different like weight weight categories. Is it a bit about boxing? You have to, uh, depending on, yeah. You explain it. You explain it for the people. Yeah. Like so it normally goes. I mean, depending on if it's uh, what federation it is, or it goes like say like ninety three kilogram below ninety three, below eighty three, below seventy three. Um, and I was I was in the under ninety threes at that point. Um, but yeah, so like I beat, um, I, I won my category, but then won the overall as well. So you, obviously. You work on 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 a formula, um, mm-hmm. and, and yeah, so I, I, you know I beat the whole thing, and it's just it's interesting because then afterwards a lot of people are then talking to me about sort of like what I do for a job, and then what I do, you know, and people contact me on Facebook like where do you train and all this sort of thing. I think it's just it's just getting people to understand that um, it's not about you know like being the same as everybody else. You've got to do your own thing, yeah. uh, and, and and I think that's you know like I say typically. People in like uh, strongman and powerlifting in the open weights, they think it's literally about being big, but it's not. It's about how you perform. Hundred percent. And and if you're neurologically strong, your body's performing neurologically better. It's going to lift more. I mean, you said so. You won that category. You won that meet, and you said um, 
you were you used to say to me that I think it was only the other day when we were chatting. You said you wanted to be uh, you wanted to win your weight category. Um, was that for in the UK? Was that in Europe? What was that for? Um, yeah. So no, my next goal really um, is to be going to like, world strongest man. Really? Okay. Um, so within within my weight category, I've got um, you know shout out to one of my one of my good friends Dan. Uh, Flash Dan, he's really inspired me. If I'm honest, in the in the strongman world, um, I mean this guy blows me out of the water. To be fair, Flash Dan. <laughs> yeah, Flash Dan. Um, so Dan Dan Ashcroft, his name is. But he, like, if I'm honest, is probably one of the only people around that has really made me look up to him. Mm-hmm. Which you know, like I say, hats off to him for that because you know, not not to not to blow my trumpet, but there's there's a lot of people around the area that sort of like um, you know that that are uh, training. You know, alongside with what we do, but sort of, I tend to outlift most people. But Dan tipped up and then made me feel like a girl. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dean, just just quickly, how so? How how old are you at the moment, Dean? Going into this, I'm 28 at the minute. Right. Okay. And and are you the strongest you've ever been at 28? Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, all round strength. I mean, obviously, like converting things. I mean, last year I was probably the strongest I've been in powerlifting, but since converting more to the strongman side of things. It's learning the disciplines and the and, and the um, the technique for strongman. Yeah, and so when you know? people when people talk about um, having to be a young man's game and stuff, I see a lot of people. I see the strongest they get is from about twenty eight to thirty five. You know, they get so I, it's people talk about um, man strength, but I think it's just knowing your own body, going through different training programs, having the discipline, and just people always say that the. I was talking to Derek about it that the best the best program uh, to do is the one you're not doing people always think that there's always something better, better to, to be doing or saying they're not doing a secret program but as you said yeah. you try things yourself right and we're all different and that's why you write your own program because you only you can I say something nutrition all the time people look at programs and say well this is do that I said well how do you feel and they say I feel terrible and so, so why are you doing it then like, yeah. Uh, when you break again, so same for you, right? You write your own programs because you know what your body's like, and you can understand where it's going. Mm, yeah, no, for sure. It's like it's like obviously, I've I've in the past I've tried to you know same with business like as we as we both did. You know, you invest into yourself, you get an, a, a second opinion. Um, you know, I tried the same with coaching with a good four or five people, but I just never seemed to uh, peak with them. Whereas doing it. You know, doing it myself and understanding sort of how my body works. You know, I've always got the best out of it, and I suppose it's down to like I'm quite a regimented person. So if I'm not doing what I've been told to do or what I've planned to do, and then I feel like I'm failing. So you know, if I do it myself and I can change it as and when needed and listen to my body, I then never fail. If if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, hundred percent. And right now. People out there will be saying, well, what's he doing to get so big and strong? Well, what's, he, what's his program like? So just it's a quick overview. I mean, this is the thing, guys. I can give it, Dina, tell you, but, I mean, it's, you're not him, etc. But just for people out there right now, what would, what would your normal Monday to Sunday look like? Okay, so um, typically on a, on a Monday, um, I would do, so basically I'd split down four sessions throughout the week, um, which would be my main lifting days. And then my sort of like, uh, days where I do I do the muscle splits if you like. So on a Monday I would do squats. Um, at the minute I'm on like five sets of four. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this week I did that, and then I then I jump into a lot of accessory work for that. So like a lot of hip hinge movements, 
um, kettlebell swings, some heavy stuff, uh, cleans into power snatches, um, and then some sort of like higher end sort of uh, rep ranges of like lunges and stuff, just to really, you know, really to make sure that I'm focusing on all elements of the training. And then on another, on a Tuesday, I typically do light um, event stuff for the strongman. So high rep ranges, light stuff, basically just going through all the different events that I've got coming up. Um, Wednesday, I'd then go into um, my bench day. So I'd start off again, I'm on five fours at the minute. So I'll go into my bench and then a load of accessory work. Um, and then I'd also put some pull work into that as well. Um, and then on a Thursday, I'd go into then my deadlift day. Again, exactly the same sort of thing. And then I'd put a load of uh, hip hinge stuff into there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on a Friday, I'd probably, if I'm not resting, fri- Friday or Saturday would be the rest days. Um, and the alternate one to the non-rest day would be my overhead day. Okay. So then okay. I'd go into like my uh, anything, basically anything overhead, something related to like log. So when people talk about strongman training in general, they're talking about so you're you're training to get stronger for the events. But when people talk about strongman training generally, they're talking about things like atlas stone lifts or or um, yoke walks and um, farmers walks, and they're talking about things like that. You know, log presses, etc. Do you train with them, or do you wait to the competition until you see them? So I mean, at the minute I'm working on a so a, a light event day on a Tuesday, and then a heavy event day on a Sunday. Right. Yes, uh, okay. so, yeah, so, I mean that's what I'll do running up to a comp. Um, I mean it depends on what the comp's got in it, but for for sure I definitely hold back until the competition day in regards to the weights that I should be lifting. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know it's all about building your building your engine if you like to start with. Yeah. The weights you will get stronger with the weights, and at the end of the day, as long as the program's done right, and as long as you're getting stronger with your squat, bench, deadlift, and overhead. You will you'll pull it together, and this is I think this is a huge thing. Like with, excuse me, with anything that you do, like it's like marathon runners. Right? Marathon runners don't do marathons before they do the marathon. You know, you've got to hold it. You've got to hold it back. You've got to build yourself up, and as long as you know you're on track. Like yesterday, for me, was a PR of um, four reps on two hundred on a back squat. Mm-hmm. You know, it was it was a recent PR that I wanted to get, and I got it. So as long as every week you're working towards small increments um you know you know your strength's going to be there the the event work is just about keeping keeping doing it to be honest like yeah you know, not not try to do your actual event days uh sorry your competition day weight yeah and do you have a deload week people are big on deload weeks yeah 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 um on deload weeks i mean for me i think it's again listening to the body um I typically try and, uh, and alternate uh, my big lifts. I'll try and do a, a, a heavy, a medium, and a light day. So that, in effect, works as a like um, a system that's basically helping you deload as you train. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, got yeah. So, so you're still performing the moves, but you're you're not going to that that level where you have to push yourself to exert yourself to the most every time. So I get what you're yeah. saying. Yeah. Okay. So so for this for for this. Um, so you said you're 93 kgs at the moment. You're under 93 kgs. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the that's and that, is that the you're still you're going to stay in that category? I'm guessing because if you go over that, you get some monsters in there. Yeah, to be to be absolutely honest, yeah, it's yeah. It, 
it's quite a big jump. Um, I mean, same with many fighting um, scenarios and you know lifting scenarios. Nineties is one of the biggest categories just because it's most blokes are around that sort of weight, I suppose. Yeah, if they start lifting weights, I mean, I used to play rugby at about eighty six. 87 kg. I'm, I'm not even a big guy. Uh, I'm now about 77. But I mean, if I was to get into it, I, mean, I can easily see what if you're putting in the calories and lifting, you can easily get up to. I mean, I, I think I was once when I was when I was zero, I was about 93 kg. So I get where you get where you can, you can easily do it. I mean, what what sort of I mean to get to get the size and the strength. What sort of foods are you eating? I mean, how many meals do you eat a day? I mean, I guess you need quite a few calories, right, to be getting to the, the strongman stage. Yeah, I mean, I'm typically hitting around the 3,000. 3,000 is what I'll always um, maintain that, if you like. And that will hold me around the 93 kilogram. I mean, I compete in the under 90, so I need to lose 3 kilogram every time I compete. Um, so, I'll, yeah, I can, yeah, I can drop down, like, to say 2,500 calories. Yeah. Um, and then, obviously, near the, near the day, if I need to, just water load and then drop out my water, and then I can drop. Last time I dropped two and a half kilogram just water loaded mm-hmm. um so yeah but food wise food types i'm super boring with my foods to be honest but you know i've come to that point where it's it's fuel it's not food um so typically like in a day i'll have five five meals um and then if i don't train on my rest day i'll just drop a meal out it's pretty simple um and it'll just take me down like another three four hundred calories mm-hmm. a day um, like, but yeah, I'll have porridge twice a day. Um, I'll open the day with it, and then I'll have some. At, at the minute, I'm, I'm crazy on them hex sausages. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, so, like, I'll have that, them, and porridge in the morning with some protein powder in it, and then just meat two or three times a day. Um, and, and then pre and post workout, I'll just like build my carbs around there. Okay, cool. So I've, I'm going to say something to you here, and I'm going to give you a tiny bit of advice, just because, because, um, well, I'm here, I'm going to. It's my show, I do what I want. Um, so, <laughs> so feel, feel, one of the good things you said, is, is, it actually it's a double-edged sword, because in one way it's really good, and in one way it's not so good. So food is fuel. So it means that, although <clears throat> I mean, you're using it to, for means to an end, right? You're eating it because you want to get certain calories in, and you're not worrying about... Um, you're not worrying about having something that's um, rich in flavour, etc. You're eating for the calories, you're eating for the progress in your strength, etc. The only thing that happens there is sometimes if we only eat a certain amount of foods, we can over time become, the body can become allergic to them. And we also start to decrease in the enzymes that we produce um, and we start to get enzyme deregulation. So all I'd say is, if you can mix it up a tiny bit, just chuck in a few different things, even if it's... Because most people eat about 11 to 12 foods in rotation, 90% of the world. And if you look out there, there's hundreds of different foods we can have. So even if sometimes then it's like just chucking a random bit of fruit in you haven't had or just trying different meat or just trying yeah. a different carb source, you know. Keeping it the sim- similar, like in terms of... Um, keeping it similar in terms, yeah, in terms of the, your macros or whatever you've got hit there. But just... Just change it up, just so because it'll help as well. Because the more enzymes you've got, enzyme nutrition, the stronger you're gonna you're gonna be. It's gonna give you a more bio, biodiverse gut flora, uh, microbes in your gut, like your gut health. So immune system will be stronger as well, which means you'll be healthier, and then you can perform better. So just saying, I just yeah. I just give you this a little quick one, but um, 
uh, just just to rotate it's something that most people because we all do it it's very easy just to get I mean it's so easy just to get used to eating the same foods because you you know how to prepare them um, you quite enjoy them etc but you can just change tiny thing up a bit that no, a little bit of advice I'd just say just keeps things it keeps things a little bit interesting as well right <laughs> because sometimes I know it can be like oh chicken I mean you, you look at any of the bodybuilders back in the day it'd just be like I think it was uh, Coleman who's just sitting there go chicken rice <laughs> cornbread broccoli like every time and it's just like I get it um, but if you can just mix it up a bit it, 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 will, it will give you a, a little a little bit of a more biodiversity but I can get what you're saying when fuel, food is fuel because you're eating for competition right it's a, a bit of the mentality of um, what was his name the bodybuilder who said it just, you're just doing it just to get to your result and that's fine um, so you say you eat about four times a day 3,000 calories um, a day um, and so for people coming into your gym what are, one of the topics we want to get onto because um, it's a big one and and that's women lifting weights right because a lot of people think well women essentially they've been told by people like Tracy Anderson and stuff you shouldn't lift over 2 kgs and if you lift weights you get bulky etc um, I mean look Dean's there he's doing this and he's big and he's strong and he's quite bulky because he's trying to be a power lifter right um, but people that come into your gym and they're trying to lose weight, look leaner, feel healthier. You don't put, put this. This is not this is not the program you suggest for them to do. Yeah, no, not at all. I mean, you know, I'm quite looking forward to this subject because it's. I think it's a huge thing in the industry and in the world, and also something that if people thought about thought about the breakdown of it, that I think people would get such better results in the direction they want to go. Um, but I think it's a lot of it's to do with the fact that the individual person is it may be built in a certain way that responds to certain things, right? Mm-hmm. And, and and that's where like I think the biggest confusion is. Um, like I've got I've got people that that um, that are at our gym that are quite thick set that are quite um, broad, if you like. And ultimately, if that's your if that's your physique. You can't change your, you know, your makeup, your build-up. Mm-hmm. Um, you can you can manipulate things, but I think it's a little bit without just jumping straight to the to the end of it. But I think a lot of it's about enjoying yourself and sort of appreciating your, the shape of your body. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, whereas, whereas a, a lot of people, I suppose a lot of girls especially, sort of they get scared of this whole getting bulky, don't they? But what what actually is bulky? Is it does, do they mean body fat? Do they mean muscle? Do they mean the shape? Yeah, I, I mean every, every girl I know who who. I mean, this is the thing. If you look at all the Olympians, um, you go on the Olympi- Olympics. You look at someone like Jessica Ennis, for example, or any of the girls playing beach volleyball, or the sprinters, etc., etc. I mean, they run hard and fast, but they all lift weights, and most of them have got physiques that most women would die for. You know, they're lean, mm-hmm. they can see their abs, they're sexy. Um, we're not talking here about people that, for like, for example, the Olympic lifters who are, who are some some of them can be big and, and bulky and uh, and very muscular and look like. Even if I say to you, look, the girls in CrossFit, let's be honest, yeah, they don't look like that. That's that's been done through some sort of anabolic um, steroids. You just don't look like that as a woman. Yeah, there's something that you don't. I mean, women lifting weights, right? One of the reasons they're not going to get bulky if they're not using anything outside of that is generally because, look, they don't make testosterone like we do, you know? That's, that's a big part that's missing that we've got. 
Um, and so when they're lifting weights, they're burning calories, they're building lean muscle, they're raising their metabolism, um, and it's just something that uh, lots of people, just there's, there's so many myths around it that like women shouldn't lift weights, but every woman I know that lifts weights and eats clean and has a lot of other things in her exercise program, they all look phenomenal. Mm. I think I think I think a lot of it comes down to how hard they're willing to train. Yeah. Um, because let's let's say right, we're taking you know, uh, you know, a female who wants to let's say get in shape and they aspire to somebody that looks in great shape and they say right, what is she doing to be in the shape she is? Okay, she's lifting weights, she's training hard, she is you know doing functional training a couple of times a week X Y Z. Well. They're going to start doing what she does, but they're not going to do it nowhere near to the intensity that she's training, right? Mm-hmm. And that's where I think like a lot of people sort of – it's like the same as anything. The, the first changes you see is is what you think you are going to be, isn't it? So, for example, if, if women start noticing that they're losing body fat, that's, then they're going to continue doing what they're doing because they're going to be losing more body fat. Um, but it's going. Through, I think it's going through the stages. So say like we like to look at things as like three months and you know six months and look at things further down the line because as time goes on and as your body changes and, and adapts, you then understand that different things work for different people. Well, a hundred percent. And the thing with that as well is, like, let's be honest. Um, when we sell things or give people an eight-week or twelve-week program, we do that because. One is a marketing tool. It gets people through the door because you can make a huge impact on someone in 12 weeks. For me, for example, I do my programs 12 to 16 weeks because I want people, it's not a diet, I say this to people, I want it's a lifestyle change and after that I can teach them how to live that way for themselves and understand their body. But for someone like you who's got their own facility, you give them an 8-week or 12-week program and you know you can make huge changes in that 12 weeks. But if they don't keep on doing it, they're going to lose that, right? That's why you train what you do three, four times a week, same as me. Um, you know that this is this is this is the way the world is. If you stop training, and you stop eating, right? You're gonna you're not gonna look the certain way that you want to do. So we say it to get them through the door, and we say it to make great results. But long term, if you want to continue to look that way and continue to be healthy, it's gonna have to be something that becomes part of your your week, part of your daily life. You know? Yeah, for sure. And that's where the conditioning comes into it, though, isn't it? You know, the more you condition yourself to train harder, the more you condition yourself to eat better, the the more your body will then change. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I've seen videos of your gym. You've got quite a few women at, at your gym who, who are work, working hard. Um, and I'm guessing there, I mean, I think one of the women, I think I've seen her there. She's been there for the whole time. I've been watching your videos. I um, can't remember her name, but she's she's great. She trains really hard, etc. I've seen her, her tra- uh, transform. transform. Um, but this is the thing, right? When you're, so with your gym... For example, who do you cater for, uh, Dean? Do you work with everyone and anyone, or have you got a certain clientele that you prefer to work with? Um, so, I mean, our motto is all about being stronger, leaner, and fitter, right? So, we work with people that basically want to be all three of these, and which, if I'm honest, I believe so many people want to be all three of these, but then I, I try and look at it as which direction do you want to go within the stronger, leaner, fitter category? So, you know, sh- strength, how strong do you want to be? Do you just want to be stronger than you are or do you want to be super strong? You know, to be lean, how lean do you want to be? Is it something that you want to make your main goal or is it something that you just want to drop a little bit of body fat? And then to be fitter, again, how far do you want to go within that? And that's ultimately how our programs are split down. So we have a strength program, we have a physique program, then we have a conditioning program. Um, so 
typically we like to work with people that are um, lost, if you like. I like to I like to look at it as uh, people that are frustrated and lost and that have lost their mojo, um, mm-hmm. because typically I want to educate people and get them to understand that it's not the way they think it is. You know, a lot of people have a negative view about the gym, don't they, because of their own experiences. Yeah. Um, but you know, we've got people that in our internal groups that are, you know, they've changed their life and they're such different people. It's nice to reflect to see them as, as different people as much as they are. Yeah, I mean the thing, the thing is as well is people will sometimes have a negative um, negative view of the gym because they're going to big places where it can be really busy you can't get the equipment you've got lots of arseholes there as well people that make them feel out of place whereas you've got a facility which is a private facility right so people come to you you've got a family like a family feel to it it can be daunting walking in the first time but once you get in there and you, and you understand what it's about it becomes home and once you feel comfortable in a place you're much more likely to go and you're much more likely to, to have fun there you're much more likely to get results mm. no no for sure man and that's where I think I think it's just important to understand like the direction people want to go um, but again I think going back to what we're saying about you know women and weights that that also changes for people quite quite often so you know like for example people will come into our gym that want to lose weight and that want to um, say do more of the cardio style training but that's because that's all they know yeah whereas you know we, we convert them to understand that actually so you know if we were to say if we were to pick five people of the general public and say what 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 could you do to lose weight? They'll probably all say cardio and, and diet, right? Whereas we push people to understand and believe that it's um, about eating more food so you can train harder. Training harder, as long as you're training harder on the right side of the training, you will get the results you want. Um, you know, cardio to me is lifting weights as fast. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, I'm sure a lot of people to lose weight to do you know, and to do cardio, they'll be jumping on a treadmill for an hour. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you jump on a treadmill for an hour and you burn calories. But the thing, the thing is, with it, the difference is, if you're playing a sport, I play football, for example, you've got to be uh, cardiovascularly fit in different ways. But it's not just you're not running on a football pitch steady, steady state for 90 minutes. It's sprints, it's directional moves. It's the same as anyone playing rugby or hockey or whatever sport it is, and you've got to be like that. But when it comes to just losing weight, you can go and you can. Um, run a treadmill for an hour and it can, it's good for you can clean your head clear your head i mean if you want to go out and have run that's fine you can clear your head and do some stuff and it's good to have a have be well rounded in it um but if you go out there and perform sprints or if you get into the gym and as you say perform circuits with with heavy weights etc that your metabolism is lifted for a longer period um and you're also getting a different or say you're getting a different metabolic response but you're also going to be um, breaking down muscle so it can build up uh, full body rather than just dealing with with your with running around with your with your legs for example you know if you're pushing pulling the blood's going from lower body to upper body it's a whole different ball game to just going out there and just running um, and so you get you get to, you can you see you see a lot of footballers some of them who don't actually do any weight so they might be lean but they haven't really got any sort of real physique to them they look a bit measly or whereas the ones that do lift you can tell they've got that strong they look strong they've got that physique about them you know they've got a pair of shoulders on them, their chest same as rugby players you can say some rugby players too much of them they, 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 they look, they've done too much gym work and now they're the best looking person on the bench you know so you've got to get a good balance if you're playing sport but if you're not and you're just looking to get you know, a better physique then as you say weighted circuits example are, uh, are going to be hugely beneficial to you much more than just going out and running miles and miles every week yeah, I think one of the biggest things that we do, with, especially 
um, like the physique side of things. You know, you know I, I love to look at things, analogies and stuff like, I'm sure you've heard this, this scenario before, but like, I like to look at the muscles as a load of light bulbs. And, you know, the idea is to switch all the light bulbs on. If there's any light bulbs, you know, i.e. the fibers of the muscle that are not switched on, and then therefore there's still work to be done. And this is where, like, you know, typically, let's say a woman that, that's only done... Oh, so I like that. I haven't heard that before. That's good. Yeah, well, I, it's just, I just think of things as analogies. And I think, like, but uh, typically a woman who's, not, you know, who's done circuit training, who's used to doing fast movements that thinks, I've got to sweat, I've got to sweat, she might be doing jump squats, let's say, for example. But if they're not going all the way down as low as they can and they're not breaking parallel and they're not using the glutes, they're not using the hamstrings, and then they're doing half a movement as far as we're concerned, you know, therefore there's more work to be done. We've got to get them to understand the movement patterns better. We've got them get you know get them to understand what muscle groups they're working and what muscle groups they're using, um, to then be able to get their body to, as women like to say, tighten and tone. Yeah, um, yeah. I think it's such a simple theory, yet people skip this because, you know, it's for, I suppose it's just from that satisfaction of sweating. People like to sweat and like to think that I've had a tough workout, um, but you know. We really push lifting weights and, and also lifting weights slow, slow paced and controlled. It's not about, it's not necessarily about lifting heavy weights. It's about making the weight feel heavy on your muscle. Yeah, 100%. So it's time and attention rather than just moving. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we've just started this um, a very similar program. Um, I mean, there's a bit of a laugh about it in the gym at the minute because I said to the guys when we taught it, taught it to them, we're going to do something that's similar to circuit training, but you're not allowed to tell anyone it's circuit training. <laughs> that's just simply because we set it up the same as a circuit, right? So let's say we have six stations. Um, you might have shoulder press, Romanian deadlifts, squats, bench, you know, different movements as you go around the stations. But each station has to be controlled movement. So as opposed to a, a circuit where you would do 60 seconds as fast as you can, it, it's it's say for example the one the other day was 40 seconds work 40 seconds rest so you whilst you're working you're working on a three three tempo so like say shoulder press you're coming down for three seconds you're pushing up for three seconds and you're keeping that uh time under tension for the whole 40 seconds That's extremely hard. yeah it, it is massively hard you know you won't be going as heavy granted um, but again, looking at that light bulb effect, what I was saying a minute ago about switching all the all the fibers on, switching all the light bulbs on, this is one of the best theories for it because you're keeping the muscle under tension, and therefore, in in effect, you're you're tightening the muscle up and you know getting them perky bum like the woman want. <laughs> well, this is this is uh, this is the thing. It's, it's, we, it, uh, there's something similar we used to do um, dev circuits, so. It is basically so you pick a you'd either go um, push you'd either go legs um, and a body so you might go like a deadlift into a into a press into a pull up into a squat or you go deadlift um, push squat pull you know whatever it would be so you hit mm. anything um, but it would be dev circuit and it would be ten rep it could be ten eight eight or six reps and you do four seconds lowering. Um, hold one second up hold you know so you're doing it to that tempo and you go from one when you finish one you go to the next one but i mean the total time of attention every if you're doing if you're doing uh 10 reps every every set would be about 50 to 60 seconds and uh, you do one round and after you do, you do three minutes rest in between you, 
four rounds of it and you're absolutely cooked, especially if you're using a weight that the 10 reps is a complete nightmare for you, you know. So you don't have to just be running around like a lunatic, um, 60 seconds of work. But everything sort of got its place, right? So if people want to if people want to have a, a fully functioning body that can do everything, a jack of all trades, then yeah, it's good. But not, there's not enough people using that mean uh, that those protocols that you're mentioning there. A lot of people use the 60 seconds to just to work out, but not many people are manipulating tempo, are they? Are you still there, Dino? I think I've lost him. Dino, can you hear me? Oh, you got me. Yeah. Do you, do you get me there? Can you hear me? Yeah, I've got you. I said, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I said, not, not a lot of people are manipulating tempo still, are they? No, that's the thing. And, and that's, where, like, that's why we're so passionate on pushing that side of it, you know. Um, again, like just reversing a little bit from what we were saying earlier on, but someone that comes through our door that doesn't hardly eat any calories, right? They then want to lift weights like we do. They, they're, they're not going to be able to do what we do. So they, 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 they sort of have that mind block. Um, of understanding, like, hold on a minute, I want to lose weight, so why am I why am I eating more calories? But we're like, trust us, eat more calories, lift heavier. Once they get into that process and then start um, training harder, that's when they then get the results. Yeah. You know, yeah. and that's I think it's all of this is just education, isn't it? Yeah. It's understand it's understanding the theory behind it, and and that's why you know again, like I say, we're so passionate about it. The amount of people that we get in the first eight weeks saying, I can't believe I'm eating more, I feel better. Um, I'm, you know, back to myself again, and I've lost weight. Yeah, that's because a lot of people. For example, I only eat twice a day, but but when I eat twice a day, I get a lot of calories in those meals. You know, um, that's why I prefer to do it. But my meals are, are very calorie dense, and so I'm probably hitting about two thousand to three thousand calories just in two meals, um, which might sound mm. a lot to a lot of people, but that's why that's why I prefer to do it because I prefer to feel empty uh, when I train. But also the courses. But as Dean said, when he's doing this with people as well. He's also not. They're not just eating more. They're actually going to be eating better quality food, right? A lot of people come to you are probably even on processed, refined foods, and so you just start giving them real food and start training, etc. And no wonder they feel a lot better. You know, their body's actually able to digest this food and use it properly rather than all the rubbish they've been eating beforehand. Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah. And, and, and in turn, that's what helps them train harder, right? And that's again, like we were saying a minute ago, that's the, that's part of the reason why girls don't don't like to lift weights because. You know, it's, it's it's going through that process, but I think you've just got to break the patterns, get them through that that stage, start feeling. You know, it's even like you know you know what it's like, but even after one session, you can feel like your muscles are tightened up. You know, oh, yeah. it's getting it's getting girls to understand that, that it's not going to necessarily get them to grow. You know, no one ever got no one ever got fat off um, off lifting weights and, and eating healthy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, no one ever got bulky off of this. Yeah, it's when people start doing. Uh, it's when people start to eat wrong and only lift weights in a certain way and they don't adapt. It's it's it's, it's a whole other conversation. But I mean, just so you 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 got your own facility, right? You went, when did you open it up, Dean? Uh, two thousand fourteen. Two thousand fourteen, and uh, that was it. Your dream to do so? Yeah, to be honest, I uh, I used to do boot camps out, outside. Um, we hit some, you know, a real real big number of people. And then I just got, honestly, I got fed up of being outside um, and people not turning up, to be totally blunt. And therefore, I thought, we need to go indoor. So we moved, moved it indoor. And then, yeah, before you know it, we, turned, we totally converted into more like a, 
you know, systems and running, getting more programs in place. I mean, now we run two programs side by side in the gym, uh, Monday, Wednesday, Fridays and Saturdays. So if people want to, so if people want to contact you or get in, get in touch with you, where's the best place to do that at the moment? So right now, Facebook, uh, Functional Fitness Centre um, in Loughborough. So, so the website will be up and running soon. But yeah, for now, best place is Facebook. Yep. Always there. And if people want to send you a direct email, mate, to get in, in touch with anyone in around that the Leicestershire area, Loughborough area that wants to train, where's the best? What's the best email to catch you on? Yeah, man. So uh, my my business email is best one. So dean dot funk fit. So that's f u n c f i t uh, at gmail dot com. That one is awesome, mate. Great. That's awesome. We covered a lot of stuff. And uh, what I want to well, hopefully get you back on at a later date, and we can talk about how your competitions have gone, etc. And uh, best of luck to you there, Dean, mate. It's really we covered a lot of stuff there. It's really good. And any questions, guys? As he said, send them out to uh, you can have a hit Dean up personally if you want to. Go out there and work with him, or any any questions about his programs, etc. Hit him up, or give me a shout, and I'll point you in in his direction. But um, thanks a lot for coming on, Dean. It's been great talking to you. No, right, it's a pleasure, man. Thank you very much, my friend. And it's great to great to hear you, you know, pushing out and, and reaching out to a lot of different people, man. Awesome, mate. Keep well. All right, brother. Thank you very much, man. So, guys, there you have it. Episode thirty-two with Dean Madden. Hope you enjoyed it. It was a uh, it was a little bit of a different one, um, not diving too much into different aspects of health, but more about his story and and then just about different different ways of training, getting the physique you want, um, dealing with, as I said before, dealing with his injury and his journey, and then talking about, obviously, going into women and, and the myths around them building muscle and how you can do that. So it was a fun little episode. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. As always, leave us some reviews on iTunes. It's going to be great. And we've got some big, big interviews coming up next week with Rick Simpson, all about cannabis oil. He's the world's leading authority on that. Um, a guy who's just made such big inroads into the natural health world. And then we've got some other great ones coming up. As always, guys, as I said before, any issues you've got, any chronic illness, head on over to www.reviveyourself.co and join our free four-day mini course. You can get some great feedback on there. And if you've got any questions or want any help, just directly with, with some some issues, whether it be skin issues, gut issues, uh, thyroid issues, adrenal problems, whatever it be, gut issues, as I said before, um, then hit me up at www.revive, uh, sorry, Ryan at Sorry, I'll do that again. Hit me up at ryan at reviveyourself.co um, and follow us on Insta at revive underscore yourself and on Facebook at revive forward slash natural health. Also, it's not even forward slash, it's revive natural health. Otherwise, guys, as always, um, go back through if you haven't listened to any episodes and have a listen and let me know. Give me some feedback. Any questions you've got, anyone you want me to interview, let me know. Hit me up. Um, and as I said before, if you can find me on Facebook or my, on my uh, actual personal page, that'd be good too because I always put lots of free information out of there. So guys, as always, have a good week. Stay happy, stay healthy, and I'll speak to you soon. If you're struggling with gut issues such as gas, bloating, constipation, diarrhea, indigestion, heartburn, and want to finally be able to eat the foods you love without the crippling after effects, then don't forget to head over to reviveyourself.co and pick up your free copy of The Healing Health Paradigm today. 